of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Okay, so welcome to No Butts About It. We are for one more week recording from a kitchen in Indiana, and soon we'll be back in a dorm room in Ohio. And we had some playoff, or not playoff, preseason. I'm just so excited for the playoffs already. But no, we had some preseason games last night, and I, I didn't watch them, to be honest. I didn't watch them live. I was watching the Field of Dreams game between the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds, which the Cubs won, so that was cool. But you got to watch that game, especially if you're a sports nerd. Anyway, um, I went back and watched some of Malik Willis's highlights, and I looked to see what uh, Coach of the Year Mike Vrabel had to say about Malik Willis, and... There was some good and there was some bad. It showed us why he wasn't taken until uh, the third round because a lot of people thought that he was going to be a first rounder. A lot of people had him going in the top 10. And we talked about that in podcasts leading up to the NFL draft that I had said I thought Kenny Pickett would go first, which he did. He went uh, 21st overall. But then uh, Desmond Ritter went and that kind of shocked a lot of people that Desmond Ritter went was picked up by the Falcons before Malik Willis ended up being picked up by the Titans but let's talk about what we saw last night and this is again just off of the highlights that I saw because I I'm not in market for the Titans Ravens preseason games not really wanting to spend money I don't have to watch preseason games when I can just go watch the highlights on YouTube but here's what we've got. Here's what I saw based on the highlights from that game last night. So Malik Willis threw 11 passes, six of which were completed for 107 yards. He had no t- passing touchdowns, no interceptions, and finished with a passer rating of 88.1. He had one rushing touchdown, which kind of showed signs of a Lamar Jackson type play, if we're being honest. Uh, definitely better on his feet last night than he was throwing the ball. Now, speaking of throwing the ball, that was what Mike Vrabel had problems with. Malik Willis was not willing to throw the ball. He was a bit timid in the, when he was in the pocket. Uh, the first play of the game, I believe it was, yeah, it was on the highlights. He actually, uh, it was a play action pass, I believe. And he rolls out, and he kind of looks like he's going to take off, but he doesn't. He he flips the ball off to the fullback, 
but the fullback thinks he's going to run too. So that's more of a matter of chemistry, needing to build that between him and his receivers, his running backs, and that just wasn't there at that point last night. He also kind of, if you watch the highlights, I don't know if he just missed the receiver or didn't was seeing something from a different angle that I'm not seeing, but there were times that he would go to throw the ball and he would wait so long that the defender, the Ravens, actually were able to kind of catch what he was doing and follow his eyes. And by the time he went to throw the ball, the Ravens were on top of that receiver already and were able to bat down the ball or cause Malik Willis to have to go somewhere else. So overall, not great um, performance passing-wise from Malik Willis. Kind of shows us why maybe some teams weren't looking to get him in the first or second round. It also kind of um, shows us why Ryan Tannehill is still the starter, even though they did draft a quarterback. So um, Mike Vrabel was quoted saying, and this is from Buck Rising on Twitter. He said, Mike Vrabel on taking Willis out after the second play of the third quarter. I wanted him to throw the ball. He didn't, so we put in Logan. That's Logan Woodside, who's their third-string quarterback. And he was more... He was more willing to throw the ball, but he didn't have much more success. He finished with a 33.7 passer rating. So obviously not great, but what we saw from Malik Willis reminded me a lot of Lamar Jackson wanting to run the ball, being better at running the ball. He needs to work on that throwing game, though, especially if he wants to make it in the NFL. He's going to need to become a dual threat. I thought that that was something that scared me from the beginning with Malik Willis, his unwillingness to throw, his uh, timidness, and it seems that Mike Vrabel is agreeing. They asked, uh, I don't know who the reporter was, it was on a video of the interview after the game, but a reporter did ask, like, what did you like about uh, Malik Willis in the pre-snap on the sidelines? How, basically asking how his leadership was on the sidelines. And Vrabel essentially said he got us into the right plays. Sometimes he was a bit sloppy, but there's some execution that needs to be worked on. So it seems like Willis does have that football IQ. He understands what's going on, and that's important. But he's not able to execute well at this point. But in my opinion, and take this with what you will. I would much rather have a quarterback with a high football IQ and potential than someone who is able to execute well but doesn't understand when to do certain things because that football IQ is something that's going to take a lot longer to build up on than learning uh, and correcting your technique a little bit. I mean, we saw it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a great football IQ, but his throwing technique was off he was probably one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league uh his rookie season and the season following and now he's considered elite he's a playoff quarterback Every, everyone wants him on their team if they don't have an elite quarterback already so obviously that's something you can learn 
Malik Willis just needs to be willing to do that. But we have to remember, Ryan Tannehill said it's not his job to teach Malik Willis these things. So maybe Malik is kind of on his own. He's not getting the veteran help that a lot of these other younger quarterbacks received when they came in to eventually replace them. So hopefully maybe that's changed. Maybe he's able to watch Ryan Tannehill and just see what Ryan's doing. But they do have different playing styles as well. Ryan has been favored more as a pocket passer. He'll move if he needs to, but he likes to stay in the pocket. Malik reminded me a lot more of Lamar Jackson in that he was out of the pocket immediately. Uh, Not something I'm necessarily a fan of in quarterbacks. I'd prefer my quarterbacks to only move when absolutely necessary because you leave the pocket, you leave that protection, and it tends to lead to injury. So definitely with uh, Mike Vrabel here, I want him to be willing to throw the ball more, uh, take some more chances, trust your receivers to make the right move. Obviously don't make stupid throws, but trust your receivers, trust yourself, and you'll make it a lot further in the NFL. So that's that's what we've got on Malik Willis. Still waiting to see maybe see Kenny Pickett play, Desmond Ritter, those guys. But Malik Willis was the first one we saw. So we have some games tonight as well, though. Tonight we have the Falcons, so we'll maybe get to see Desmond Ritter play. I doubt they'll put Marcus Mariota in for that. We'll see the Falcons at the line against the Lions, and we'll see the Browns versus the Jaguars. And we're also going to see Jets versus Eagles. So that could be interesting. Uh, See if they put Joe Flacco in. I believe he's still with the Jets. Or uh, Gardner Minshew. That could be fun. That could actually be an actual game. Two old starters. And Cardinals are playing the Bengals. Uh, Trace McSorley will be playing for the Cardinals. It is being reported due to Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray both kind of working on some minor injuries. Uh, we'll see who the Bengals put in. Definitely not going to be Joe Burrow, though. Uh, Green Bay Packers and 49ers. That'll be another interesting one to see if we get to see Jimmy Garoppolo play since he is kind of on that trade block. Speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, it is being reported by Mary Kay Cabot, kind of the expert on Cleveland Browns rumors and whatnot that uh, the Browns are also considering trading for Jimmy Garoppolo if Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension is increased. So, uh, could the Browns go after another quarterback? That would be, let's see, quarterbacks that they have right now are Jacoby Brissett, uh, Josh Rosen, Deshaun Watson, obviously. Would they go after Jimmy G? It could happen. Obviously, he'd become their starter. He's much better than Jacoby Brissett and Josh Rosen. Josh Dobbs, I forgot he was on the team. But, yeah, he Josh Dobbs is on the Browns. Uh, they could get A.J. McCarron. He's still out there. Cam Newton's still out there. Mike Glennon is still out there. Maybe Mike White. Sam Darnold would be weird. Um, and this website is saying that no way a Jimmy Garoppolo deal gets done, not unless he was released and signed at a discount, but Hey, the Browns have been doing crazy things all season. So Jimmy Garoppolo could end up going to the 
Browns being their starter for however many games Deshaun Watson gets suspended. Also, um, kind of off note, off topic, but something I want to talk about is James White retired. He He's decided to retire, and that's kind of interesting because Damian Harris also requested a trade. So that would be two running backs that the Patriots would be losing if Damian Harris does end up getting traded. Ramonador Stevenson showed some promise as a running back last year in their kind of carousel of uh, play that the Patriots were running. I thought it was really interesting. It was really fun to watch. You'd see like one guy in for two snaps, and then you'd see a completely different guy, give him time to rest, but also kind of keep him warmed up and excited. But the Pat, the Patriots are taking calls for him. They're taking trade uh, deals, trade offers, I should say. And we'll see. I have to see who's going to end up being the running backs for the Patriots. I've James White, great uh, running back, not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but definitely one of those guys you always like to have on your team. Patriots are definitely in rebuild mode now. Um, the other weird thing that happened was Broncos are interested in according this is according to Matt Lombardo uh, he works for heavy on sports he's a senior NFL reporter and the Broncos apparently have trade interest in Jalen Rager so Jalen Rager who it was being reported was fighting for a spot on the Eagles um, now that Tim Patrick is injured, the Broncos might be interested in Jalen Rager. He was drafted a spot above Justin Jefferson in the 2020 NFL draft. That was always kind of the story, like, what the heck, Philadelphia Eagles? You just drafted this guy over Justin Jefferson. And obviously Justin Jefferson has panned out a lot more. So we've got... Uh, for Jalen Rager, he has 64 receptions in two years, 695 yards in two years, three touchdowns, and yes, not not great stats for Jalen Rager, but Broncos allegedly may have some interest, and he'd be Tim Patrick's replacement. So maybe the Eagles will say, like, hey, we're not going to put the guy on our team anyway. Might as well trade for him and see what we can get but i just wanted to end the show with this today talking about this we talked about malik willis for about 10 minutes went through the news real quick kind of spontaneously but here's another weird thing that happened we're gonna this is the show of weird things and this is something antonio brown released as a statement and that is that he was not able to watch himself play. That was his biggest regret. And I'll read the quote directly off of the internet here. So this is from Antonio Brown uh, and his Instagram. But here it is. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets' stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. 
My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks, end quote. So, Antonio Brown, uh, he did those things that he's talking about. He called his GM a cracker. He showed up to the Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet, threw rocks at a UPS driver. There was some other things he did as well. Um, and Tom Brady kind of took him under his wing and said, hey, I want this guy uh, with the Buccaneers. I want, him, I want him with the Patriots. And then uh, he got cut from the Patriots. And then Tom Brady obviously left the Patriots, went to the Buccaneers said, hey, let's take uh, Antonio Brown, bring him in here. He's a great player. And Antonio Brown last season, they're playing the Jets, late uh, second-to-last regular season game, I believe. I think it was the same week Bengals played the Chiefs because I think I was at this game when this happened. But the he takes off his jerseys and uh, runs off the field shirtless and throws his gloves, and I think maybe his shoes, maybe it was just his gloves, into the stands for the fans, and he just says peace and runs off the field. So that was weird, but then he accuses Bruce Arians, who always has been a player's coach, always been loved by the players he coached with, from my understanding, and he accuses Bruce Arians of forcing him to play injured. Then he goes on a bunch of podcasts and accuses Tom Brady of being selfish. When Tom Brady is the reason that he got a chance to play. He accuses Tom Brady of not looking out for uh, his receivers, his other players, not helping them get their uh, money. Which, that's not true at all. Like, say what you want about Tom Brady, but that's just factually false. Tom Brady has been known to kind of make sure he knows everyone's incentives. So if you don't know this, if you don't know this, this is important. In some players' contracts, it is written like, hey, if you get like 10 touchdowns this year, you'll get a $250,000 bonus. If you get 15, it's 500000 that type of thing. Basically milestones they have to hit to get so much money. Antonio Brown was essentially accusing Tom Brady of not helping players get those. However, it has been recorded multiple times of Tom Brady being aware of his teammates' uh, incentives and making sure that they got those or got as close to them as he could get them to be. There was a video, and you can find this on YouTube, where Gronk is on the bench and Tom Brady goes over to him and says, hey, you need one more catch for this incentive. So they throw Gronk back in the game. They were going to take Gronk out of the game. It was the final game of the season for the regular season. And that was going to be Gronk's last chance to get it. They flip a quick little pass over to Gronk so Gronk can get his money. And that is the type of guy Tom Brady was. Obviously, Gronk and Tom Brady had a special relationship that is only rivaled by other Hall of Famers and their receivers. But I don't see Tom Brady being the type of guy to only kind of isolate himself with Gronk. I feel like he was that way with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and I assume he was that way with Antonio Brown, especially when he was able, willing to stick his neck out for Antonio Brown. 
So the other, I, I simply don't understand why Antonio Brown did that, but that's what he did. Now he's saying that his only regret is that he wasn't able to watch himself play, which I'll give Antonio Brown this phenomenal wide receiver. He was phenomenal when he was on the Steelers. He was phenomenal everywhere he went, probably a generational talent and probably would be a hall of famer if it weren't for all of these off the field issues. He still might even get into the hall of fame years from now when everyone forgets about this stuff. But I think this will hold him back from being a first balloter. The funniest part about this though, is he says it was like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. So I get the Beatles. Okay, the Beatles, seeing them perform would have been, I mean, I obviously wasn't alive when the Beatles were together. I've never seen Paul McCartney in concert, but I can imagine seeing like Johnny Cash, the Beatles, those guys, that probably would have been insane. That would have been a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, I get that. Seeing any seeing Tom Brady play would be insane. I'd love to see Tom Brady play in person. Never have gotten the opportunity, probably never will as he gets older, but that's the way uh, the cookie crumbles sometimes. But for him to go from like watching the Beatles, and then he says Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Red Rocks. The only thing it reminds me of is that scene in Talladega Nights when uh, John C. Riley's character, Cal Naughton Jr., says that he likes to imagine his Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. Or that scene from 70s show where uh, they're, they're supposed to be draw, drawing Jesus for the pastor and they and Hyde draws Eric Clapton. Like, that's that must be how Antonio Brown pictures Jesus if he has him performing at Red Rocks. Because that that's not really... I mean, I'd imagine Jesus would be a pretty good performer... But it's just such a random line to draw to go from the Beatles in concert to Jesus in concert. Uh, yeah, definitely weird. Um, something I've come to expect from Antonio Brown, though. So I hope he gets help. There's obviously something not right with him. He's either got something wrong mentally, maybe CTE, maybe it's something else. But... It's very unfortunate to kind of see this. He's either got something wrong with him or he's just very, has a very big ego. Either way, needs help. Um, praying for Antonio Brown, uh, hoping he gets better uh, because this just isn't the way someone acts normally. And uh, hopefully he's not too bitter about it. He's probably never going to be re-signed again. I mean... Tom Brady was the biggest voice to back him up, and he went against Tom Brady and started attacking him. So I don't see anyone else taking chances on him. But that's been a pretty crazy week. The most normal thing was seeing Malik Willis play like a maniac uh, last night. But hopefully we get some good games tonight. Again, let's run through that again. I'm going to try to watch some of the Falcons play. So the Fal Falcons are playing the Lions at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Browns against Jaguars, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Jets against Eagles, Eastern time. 
Cardinals or 7:30 Eastern Time. Cardinals Bengals 7:30 Eastern Time. Packers 49ers 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So again, the games I personally think will be the most interesting to watch due to what they might show us are the Falcons and the Lions just cuz the Lions are on hard knocks and the Falcons have Desmond Ritter. So we'll, oh, and uh they have that what's Oh, I should know this. I feel so bad for not knowing this. I, I love this guy, but I'm forgetting his name now. Uh, Falcon, he was their first-round pick, too. Um, let's see here. Drake London. We'll see if Drake London gets to play because I want to see if him and Ritter have a good connection. So uh, looking for Drake London and Desmond Ritter tonight and uh, with the Falcons. Browns and Jaguars I probably won't watch just because – that's i mean we already saw the jaguars play uh browns don't really have much to offer right now they've got their own problems jets and eagles might turn it on just to see if gardner Minshew's playing cardinals and Bengals. trace mcsorley if you don't know the song go look up the song for uh, trace mcsorley because that's it's a catchy song uh bangles obviously got to watch my boys but there's nothing really there i don't think as far as story um 49ers obviously gotta see gotta see if jimmy g's playing well got i doubt they'll put trey lance in they've named him the starter maybe for a few snaps just so that he can get some warm-up reps but we gotta see how uh jimmy garoppolo plays i think he's been cleared to throw he had that surgery that we talked about a few episodes ago but i think he's been cleared to throw uh he's on the trade block so we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo plays well against that Packers defense. So that's what's going on tonight. And I hope today was a better episode because it was a bit more planned. Um, next week's episode should be a lot better because today was my last day of work for the summer. So that uh, will give me more time to plan things. But again, I hope today was a much better episode. I hope we kind of were able to talk about Malik Willis and kind of show you or at least tell you what i saw from the highlight footage that i watched gonna try to catch those other games live but we'll see what happens um thanks for listening if you've reached this point in the show uh please continue to like share and follow this podcast the more subscribers i get the easier it is for me to kind of present this to other people present it um as a possible way to bring in income to make money for them and for me so that i can do this full time we'll get better episodes better recording equipment all that jazz so continue to like follow and share this podcast whatever you've got to do uh post put a poster on your locker or something everyone's going back to school so uh put a poster on your locker telling people to go follow this podcast i'd really appreciate it if your school allows it don't do that if your school doesn't allow it. But if your school does, do that. Help me out. Um, very thankful for all of you who do listen. Go follow the Instagram, nobuts underscore show. And if you have any things you want me to talk about, you can DM me on that Instagram account, nobuts underscore show. Or you can email us at bullmoosepodcast and then the number two at gmail.com. So uh, two points of contact, Instagram, no buts underscore show 
and bull moose podcast the number two at gmail.com appreciate everyone who's been listening each episode is averaging about eight viewers uh so i mean that's pretty good for this only being like three months old of a podcast uh i think we're at 500 total views across the whole episode uh so i'm really enjoying making these i wish i had more time to focus in on this make this high priority but again if you help me share this if you help uh, me follow get followers i can kind of show people this is what i'm doing this is how i'm gaining i want to gain sponsorships help me make this a feasible income and i will help you by being able to provide you with more content so again one last time those two points of contact are on instagram no butts underscore show that's n-o-b-u-t-t-s underscore show and on uh gmail that's bull moose podcast at g bull moose podcast two the number two at gmail.com hope everyone has a great weekend and make sure to catch those games tonight because we're gonna see if desmond ritter truly is better than malik willis have a great day everyone